I always love when worship leaders sing songs about the rain and then it rains. I mean, come on. I almost ran and jumped up here and said, I don't want rain. Don't sing this. Sing Let It Sunshine. Everywhere I've gone lately, it's been raining, and I blame it on the worship leaders because they can't write other songs. I'm just kidding. I love that song. It was so profound. And I'm glad we have rain. It's perfect. So thank you. I think his name is Heinz who, who sang that. That's a, that was profound. Um, I have some materials. I'm just going to give some stuff away. This is that book I was talking about, Translating God. I'm going to give this to somebody who has never heard that you could be prophetic. Like you've never considered that. You've never heard a message about that, that you believe. That woman right there, you got it. This is awesome. So you are now IW prophetic in the name of Jesus. I'm going to put it right here. Um, We have a a workbook. If you've already read the book, I'm going to give this to somebody who is leading a ministry team or leading a small group on the prophetic or you leading a ministry. Right there, right in the front. Look, I'll I'll favor this side too, don't worry. I'm going to see you. So this is Translating God, the workbook, sorry. And uh, it has all kinds of practical ways to walk out hearing God's voice. There's... We call them activations, but it's just activities you can do as a group or as an individual. And it's great for small groups. It's great for groups. This is um, what Translating God is for the general prophetic. This is God's secrets. And I love naming it God's secrets because God doesn't really have secrets. And (laughs) the occult, everything's like mystical and secret and you have to go through levels. But God's like, hey, I have a secret. You're like, you're whisper yelling, God. You're whisper yelling. Like I have a friend, he's a prophet, and he doesn't know how to whisper. He's like, he's telling you something on the front row and everyone heard it around him. You know, like, that's how God is. God loves to share everything. But this is about words of knowledge. And it's not just about how to give words of knowledge. It's about understanding divine intelligence, understanding the mind of God, understanding the processor of God. So I'm going to give this to somebody who you're starting a business this year that you feel like is going to resource the kingdom. There's two of you right there. Are you together or separate? Oh, ladies first. There you go. You all both got excited at the same time. So we have Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. We made a devotional based on a lot of our materials. I call it the 90-day challenge because I want to challenge you to hear from God. My publisher said no one's going to buy a book called the 90-day challenge and the prophetic because it's scary. So we, we call it devotional so you can journal and just, it's sweet, you know. It's like nice. But I want you, if you're going to get this, if you're one of the ones I hand this to today, I want you to make sure that you use it and are challenged by it. Don't just... You know, skip it if you need to. If it's this day I can't do today, it doesn't apply to me today. Skip it and then go back to it. Hello. I like you too. I don't know. I, I don't know who to give it to. I'm going to put it right here. You can grab it. Okay. I'm giving this only to a child if there's a child in the room. Otherwise, I could give it to an adult. We have a, a series called Growing Up With God, and it's the Translating God for Kids. It's a chapter book. This is a kid's workbook, so kids themselves and um, between 6 and 12, you have to be a child for me to hand this to you. Here we go. Here we go. There you go. And this is the workbook that goes along with the book. <laughs> She's getting tackled. Sorry. And uh, we also have a full, for children's ministries and for homeschool and for those kinds of things, we have a full curriculum set that has a teacher's guide that breaks out every single chapter and how to teach about identity, connecting to God, hearing God's voice. And it has perforated pages that are both coloring book pages, but also for the littler ones, and then full workbook pages for the older ones. And it was done by uh, an artist friend of mine with me who did a Pixar internship. So we tried to make it kind of like Pixar meets Japanimation, so it could be across different age groups. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Okay, so here we are. Woo!
we're going to go somewhere. I just want to, I had one note I want to read on here for. I wanted to read Matthew 13 real fast, just this part. And then I'm not going to do a lot of teaching. I'm going to do modeling, but I just wanted to get here. Um, Let me just read two things. Where's my Matthew? Okay, there we go. So I do want to say this about Revelation. Um, before I just want to set this as a foundation because a lot of people pursue Revelation and they get disappointed because, again, we want God to speak to us in direct ways that we understand. And he is the God of mystery. And it's, it's like the glory of God to hide something and the glory of kings to seek it out. This is in Proverbs. And uh, when you get Revelation, Revelation is a couple things. Number one is that it's supernaturally natural, which means it's usually a voice within you or it's a vision or an encounter or something that you don't fully understand on purpose. And God does that so that we don't just become soldiers that do things for him, but we actually understand why he moves, why he operates. He wants us to understand the intention of his heart. So a lot of times he'll give us parables. Like Jesus spoke mostly in parables. It says in Matthew 13, 13, that's why I tell stories. This is Jesus, to create readiness, to nudge people towards receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. And I just think about the disciples, how they were, in their mind, they thought Jesus was going to come back like Solomon and he was going to just, you know, occupy the temple, kick Herod out, destroy everything that was, and just become the king of glory right there on the earth. So they were constantly pledging their service as generals to him. We will be your right and left-hand people, Jesus. You know, the guard comes after Jesus to take him away, and Peter cuts off his ear, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. That is not, you know, should we call down fire on them, God? You know, there's all these misinterpretations, because they were trying to do something for him. They were trying to establish something that they had a preconceived idea that was incorrect. And he came to bring a kingdom that would last beyond their current culture, that would last and grow for all time. So the whole age of man, the whole age of time, his kingdom has only increased. And you need to remember that Isaiah 9 says that he has a government on his shoulder that only increases. So whenever there's a false governmental thing or an enemy, you know, a warfare thing, remember that God's government is greater, always, and it's always growing. So if you get a fear based on some conspiracy online, some of you might go down a YouTube little hole and you get real scared of something. And just, you always have to rebalance by saying, Jesus is on the throne. His government increases. Now, Jesus talked in parables because he knew if he told us directly what to do, we would just do it for him and forget about him. Or we just have satisfaction in the toil of the work. And he wanted us to do something with him so much so that he wants us to feel like co-heirs and sons. He's sharing his glory with us. He's amazing. Like, just to understand that in the prophetic, he might speak to you in signs and symbols and types first. And as he speaks to you in signs and symbols and types, like some of you might hear a certain number over and over, like or a succession of numbers, like 11, 11, 11, 11, 22, 22. Like God is better at haunting you than any demonized person in any movie you've ever seen. Like he, Holy Spirit is the biggest ghost and he haunts the most. Like he will make you feel like you're in the Beautiful Minds movie if you've seen it. Like everything's connected, it's all there, you know. I mean, I remember hearing God say 11, 11, and 22, 22 over and over. Those are two numbers I just used because they're personal. And I was so sick of seeing him at one point. I was like, I get it. I get it. But I didn't get it. And he brings a revelation, and then he'll bring interpretation. But until we have the whole process of application, we haven't fulfilled that prophetic uh, decree, or we haven't fulfilled that prophetic mandate yet. And so he'll always bring revelation, and he's faithful if you steward it, to bring interpretation, 
and then eventually he'll bring application. Now, a lot of times he uses one to have the revelation, one to have the interpretation, and one to have the application as well. But the church is very um, light on application right now. So we get a lot of good words, and we feel empowered by it because we can wear it as a T-shirt, but it hasn't changed the way we've lived our lives yet. And so we, we know, I know what this revelation means. I'm an apostle of glory. Yeah. Have you built anything? We feel really empowered by knowing something. As a matter of fact, there's almost a thrill psychologically in knowing something, but knowledge without actual action doesn't change the world. And so there's always an application. There's always an action plan. And so for me, I, I got all kinds of revelation over Isaiah 11, 11 and Isaiah 22, 22 and, and 2, 2, 2 and 11, 11, Deuteronomy 11. I had all these, applica- or all these interpretations and I, I got these words so much that I would see them on every license plate and they would show up like, for one whole year, every hotel churches stuck me in. I was in room 111 or 222 or 202 or 101. It was always a combination of those numbers. There was no other numbers for one whole year, and I didn't make one reservation. I was like, okay, I get it, God. I get it. I get it. Isaiah, you know, 22, 20. And it got so peculiar that I felt a little bit crazy, but in a good way. If you feel crazy in a bad way, not Jesus. But if you feel crazy in a good way, you're like, you cannot make this stuff up, right? Those kinds of sign, I call it sign overload. You get the sign so many times, you're like, if I get this one more time, my head's gonna explode. So years go by, God's building a story. I'm getting all kinds of interpretation. And interpretation can take years. And it just, it's part of how God moves. He's trying to build a story in you. He's not just trying to do something in you and for you. He's trying to build his nature and story in you. So years go by, and um, I knew I was supposed to move to L.A. for 20 years. For 10 years, I actively pursued God's heart, and I was trying to figure it out. And then finally in 2006, I knew it was time to move there. And it was, I mean, so for 20 years, I had a story of God towards Los Angeles. For 20 years, he was building my heart and my compassion and my love for the city of Los Angeles and for the entertainment industry and for the poor and the whole thing. So when I get there, I was so full of like a connected love. I wasn't just going to plant a ministry or a church. I was going out of a place of total passion to reinforce who God already was in the city and help bring more. And so when I get there, the first conference we did, this Methodist pastor who'd never heard from God before, has the collar, the black robe, the whole thing, comes to the end of one of our conference sessions because he hears God to go. He's never heard God before. It's 10 o'clock at night. He doesn't know if we'd still be meeting. His church has never met at 10 o'clock at night, but he comes. And when he gets there, we're just ending this conference session. It was the last meeting of the conference. And he comes up to me, and he's a Hispanic man, and he comes up to me and he goes, his hands are shaking. He goes, I have a word of God for you. And I'm like, that, it's looking at him with the collar. I'm like, have you ever done that before? He goes, never. I go, oh, I can't wait. He goes, I can't give it to you here. You have to come meet me on Tuesday at this certain street, and I'll give it to you there. And I'm like, oh, bummer, there's work, you know. But I was like, okay, I'll do it, you know. And, and so I get there on Tuesday, and, and it was the oldest practicing church in L.A. It's the second oldest church in L.A., and this Methodist, you know, looked like a mission-style church, very beautiful, right downtown uh, in Alvarez Street, which is the Little Mexico there's, we're in a, a square, like it looks like you, you're in Mexico, there's a square, and there's a mariachi band practicing for a quinceanera that was happening in that square later, plus the best tacos you ever had for 20 blocks, you know, it's just all right there. And so I walked down there, I'd never even heard of this part of the city, and I've lived in California most of my life, so I, I'm like, this is awesome, and I get there, I was alone, and I meet him, Pastor Tony, and, and he brings me over, and he says, I want you to stand right here, and I'm facing the mariachi band, I'm like, What's going to happen? I, at this point, I'm like, I have no idea what this Methodist pastor is going to prophesy. But he even positioned me to the point. He said, you have to stand right here. And I'm like, this is getting fun. Like, I'm in, like, little Mexico. You know, like, this is getting good. So he goes, 
You're standing, don't look down, but you're standing on the plaque that's, that commemorizes the center of the city. You are standing where the people who, of Los Angeles first came to. And there's a plaque that says this is the center of the city proper. And because you're in the, in the practicing oldest church of the city, and God sent you here because he's going to show you something that you've been trying to make sense of for over 20 years. I'm like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm ready. And I, I still wasn't like there, there. Have you ever had somebody tell you something really profound and you're like, cool, versus like, you know. And I, I was super zealous and excited. So he goes, look down. And I'm like, and I literally just started bawling and fell on my knees. It said, this city was formed by 11 men, 11 women, and 22 children. It had all my numbers in it. And I knew... I got literally a strategy of application filled my being, like an apostolic application to 20 years of words happened in one moment that I'm still walking out today, that I feel like I just entered into about last year, what he showed me in 2006, like I've started to walk in the foundation of it, but sewed into it, you know, for the 12 years before that. And I just, it was so profound. And that's how God is, is revelation is so oftentimes progressive because God lives outside of time as well. So he may start a conversation with you today. He's like, hey, uh, John, I want you to know that I'm going to come in a really unique way with musicians in your church. And, and you're like, and what? And what? And what? And it goes away. And all of a sudden, like four years later, furthermore, and he starts to, and you're like, wait, where are you in this conversation? And he's like, where are you in this conversation? I've been having this conversation for four years with you. And furthermore, and you're like, are you serious? Like, this is, this, this is happening right now. And and that's how, so God, he has these, and I'm, I'm being funny about that one, but he has progressive revelation, and all revelation builds on each other. So if you have one revelation, he authors something, he will always finish it, but he'll also use that as a, a stone of belief and faith for the next thing he's going to have you grab hold of. And so it's important to know that. So when you get revelation and it's confusing, don't be discouraged because it's your glory to seek out the message in it. So if you get dreams a lot and you stop recording them or you stop writing them down and you stop trying to interpret them, they'll stop coming because he wants you to steward something. People come to me all the time and say, how come I'm not getting any more words? And I ask them the simple question, tell me the words you have. They'll tell me, how are you using those words? What are the applications of those words? I don't know. Go back to those words. You know, get full interpretation for those words. Get more application for those words. Your womb is still full. You can't have another baby when your womb is full. You have to birth that thing. You have to get that out of you. He's not going to speak to you about 20 other things when you haven't learned how to have that baby. It's, it would be dangerous to your system. And that's hard for people to understand until you really value revelation and stewardship over revelation. So I just wanted to bring that up as we go into kind of the modeling session because some of you, sometimes people will speak over you and it's somewhat parabolic, metaphorical. And I used to hate parables and mysteries and then I became friends with a man named Bob Jones. And um, I hated him even more for a while. And now I love them. It's great. He's spoken mysteries and riddles. And you had to go to Bob Jones School to understand him. And, which means you had to listen to him for a long time. And then finally you'd say, you're speaking really clearly now. But it was like in John 16 where the disciples go, Jesus, you're finally speaking after that parable very clearly. And he's like, who changed here? Me or you? Do you understand me more or did I change? You know, like what's happened? And so I feel like the more we get those parables and those mysteries, the more we understand how to navigate revelation, the more it becomes easy and we start to enjoy walking with God that way because he's doing it because he wants to gently 
you know, form himself within us and nudge us. He doesn't want to be a demanding voice to control us, but he's inviting us into things all the time. And he's inviting us into perspective. He's inviting us into his, his, uh, his perceptions. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, the last verse, we have the mind of Christ, which means if we're going to think like his mind, it, it can't be direct thought because it won't lead us to direct action. It will lead us to performance, not to relationship. And so he's constantly giving us his perceptions, and he answers questions with questions all the time. And he did it in the Bible. He still does it today. What am I supposed to do? He's like, what do you think you're supposed to do? You're like, no, just tell me. What do you want to do? I don't know what I want to do. Let's fix that first. Then you'll know what you're supposed to do. Okay, what am I supposed to do? There's a red truck. What does that mean? Have fun. And if you, don't, if you don't honor that, then you don't get more. So we have to honor what he gives us to get more. So I just, I say that to some of you because some of you are like, oh yeah, I used to be a dreamer. It would probably shut down not because God's nature, but because of your nature, okay? So if you don't have dreams or visions anymore, it probably stopped because of you, not God. And I don't say it as a condemnation at all. I say it as an invitation to say, go back to the last visions you had and see if you stewarded them. Because I wouldn't give, you know, my girls more stuff if they're not stewarding their stuff well. I would say, you learn how to really enjoy what I've given you because it's costing me too much to keep giving you stuff that you're not actually using. It's really important that we use what God gives us. Okay, so that was my exhortation of the moment. Um, um, the guy who did was up here. I, I'm haunted with him now. Heinz, are you still here? Is he still around? Did they have to leave? Okay, well, if he, if he comes back, that'll be great. If he doesn't, then... I enjoyed his rain song. Um, so I have a couple different thoughts. Oh, is he here? I've been picking on you without you being here the whole time. It's really, it's really unfortunate that you didn't hear my humor. You would have liked me more. I'm just kidding. Um, so I have a question. Um, you can stand right there. We can just be friends from afar because you can even come on the stage if you want to, whatever you want to do. But uh, let's just be here. We'll be, we'll, we're fine. Um, did, you, um, did you move from somewhere like to, did you, I see Durban and Cape Town, but did you move to Cape Town at some point like that you were living somewhere else? Come on up. Let's be friends. He's going he's gonna to do a spoken word, I can tell. There's beatboxing that's about to happen. I'm just kidding. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Don't tell us. Just did you move to Cape Town? And did you have a bunch of words about it? Prophecies about it? And did you, did you feel like a shift from entertainment into the worship thing? To go there, is that one of the main reasons? Okay. So I found myself when I was watching him worship, and I'll say it to you directly, I, I found myself in a vision of a house in Cape Town that I feel like you guys own. Do you own a house in Cape Town? Sure. And did you, did you redo it? Did you remodel it? Okay, so I felt like your house is a parable, and I feel like God sent you to Cape Town because he wanted to assign you 
into not just the entertainment mountain, but the church mountain. And I feel like he's saying, he's giving you a voice in both. I don't feel like you're leaving one for the other. I feel like you're going to be shocked. And the part of the reason why you're not leaving one for the other is because I know you have the baby because I saw the baby. Do you have two other boys? Three other, okay, the girl and, and, okay. So you have three boys and a girl. And I felt like God was saying, one of the reasons why you're not leaving the entertainment mountain is because you have some of your kids are called to creativity and entertain. And I feel like God has moved your family into Cape Town prophetically. So you did get prophetic words about going to Cape Town. And it was around like 2012? 13. 2013? Yeah. And, um, and he gave you guys words because he wanted to move you into a destiny for your whole family. And I saw the house is a parable. It's interesting that, it, you know, there's some level of ownership and then something happened, whatever. There's about to be um, a grace, a gift package to be able to fully occupy and own that as a sign to you about the season that you're in as a father. This is not, this is not Heinz, the, the worship leader, musician, entertainer. This is Heinz, the father. And, and, and he's giving you a father's house to be a father. And he's also making you a father in a house so it's a church you're involved in. And I feel like the Lord's saying that he is, um, you, you've tried a lot of things and um, you've had mixed results, but you've kept your faith. And I feel like God's showing me that you're about to hit a stride of blessing. It's like he held, withheld some of the success you'll have in this time and your later time because he wanted it to be a family affair. And he wanted it to be as a father, not as a young person. As a young person, I don't know when you're, I was going to say American Idol, but South African Idol was that they said. Um, but it felt like it was a long time ago. 2002. Okay, yeah. so it was a long time ago. And he could have given you what you thought was going to come in fullness then, but he withheld it so that it would be a family promise. And he withheld it so that you could have a voice to write songs as a mature person of love versus somebody who didn't fully know themselves. And so I feel like he wanted to really encourage you because you're emerging into faith for something again that is really hard to believe for because it's some of the mixture of what didn't happen before. But I feel like he's saying, align yourself to full faith, not just for yourself, but for your family, for your, for your household. And as a sign, he's going to help you with your house. And as another sign, he's going to help you with some sort of recording project that's a crossover project. It's both. I feel like a Lauren Daigle thing. Like it's like a, it's the greater market, not just the church Christian <laughs> market. And I feel like God's going to help you with this. And I feel like uh, he's saying your voice isn't limited to your country. Your voice isn't limited to your nation. So I'm just going to pray for you. Jesus, we thank you for this family. I thank you for these children, these four children, God, that you had purposed in your heart from the beginning of time that they would be the things that he and his wife find the most joy in and that their, both their careers and their ministries are going to be huge, that you, you are having him raise up a household of leaders and voices and I pray, Lord, that in this season that there would be a shift and a transition, that you'd bring every provision for the vision of family, and that they would be a miraculous household of provision, of favor, social capital of others, emotional uh, and, and spiritual creativity. God, that you would just bless this household, that, that uh, the, the boys would all start to walk into a new measure of who they're supposed to be right now, even though they're little, that there would be identification of creativity, identification of genius that's inside of them, and Lord, that you would give them a message from the household that would hit the church, that you would give them songs from the household that would hit the airwaves, in Jesus' name. Bless you, my friend.
good guy. Uh, I want to pray just because of Heinz, it makes me think of the people who are called to entertainment. I want you to stand up. If you're called to entertainment, that's part of what you feel like your assignment is. Even if you're not in it yet, I want you to stand up. And if you're in it, of course, stand. Um, you know, someone who, who lives in literally in Studio City, like it's the place where all studios are five minutes away, you know. Capitol Records is five minutes away. All the major film and television studios. So I'm around industry people. It's my tribe. And I always want to pray every conference I go to, every place I go to, to bless the entertainers because not many of our peers have seen us as the calling as valuable, that there's missionaries to the entertainment mountaintop, so to speak. And I just want to, first of all, just pray for you. I want everyone to extend your hands towards one of these and love on them and believe with them, like, for real. Because if they get put into place in their occupation, it will change spheres of people. So I want you to just love on them and just ask God to give them everything they need to succeed there. And Holy Spirit, I pray for a commissioning, a fresh commissioning and impartation. I pray, God, that you would bring more opportunity to the the dream and the vision. We pray for unusual resourcing. God, I pray for the writers to have stories like they've never had. I pray for those who are film and television people to start to feel placed in their calling, that they no longer be holding space but they feel placed in their calling. I pray, Lord, for the dancers to find movement that they've never dreamed of in their bodies. I pray, Lord, for just all the different fashion and, um, and beauty industry people here, that they would be able to rebrand beauty in South Africa or whatever country they're from. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go with them and before them and behind them. And I pray that if there's not been support or not been Christian support or family support, I pray that you would come around them and bring a network and a tribe of support. I pray for South Africa, which you've showed me is gonna be one of the entertainment capitals of all of Africa. I pray that you would commission people for that, especially for film and television, Lord, that even as I was having a talk with our driver today and I just could feel that the movie industry is about to move here. I could feel prominent pictures that would be like major superhero movies that are gonna have a, have a footprint here in South Africa. I could feel some music industry stuff stirring that used to be in Nigeria. It's going to come here. I, I could feel things moving. And Lord, I pray that there, those who are called in arts entertainment in South Africa would not feel anything but blessed today. Lord, I pray you break warfare, unusual warfare for unusual people. Lord, resource us with emotional health. I pray against anxiety and stress. I pray that you would break anxiety and stress and cyclical thoughts that are negative and depressing that you would renew our mind, God. I remember hearing a friend of mine and he said, uh, he, he was sitting in his room and he didn't know what to do in life. He just knew he was creative. And God spoke to him internally audibly and said, go make the TV show. And he thought, I can't make a TV show, even though that's what he wanted to do. I can't make a TV show. I love how we want to do something, but we don't think we can do it. And he's like, yeah, you can't make a TV show, but I can. Go make the TV show. And when he did it, it was so profound to a small community of of us in L.A. because he came and shared all the way along the process, and the TV show did really well, and it was so profound. And we were sitting there, and he goes, I want to pray over you guys, and I want to pray that God speaks to you about what he put inside of you because he prepared you from the beginning of time for good work, so I'm gonna pray that over you. So he prays it over us, and like 15 people in our friendship circle heard God say, go make this, or go make this project. And I'm hearing God, I've never shared this in a conference, never brought up that story before. It's not like a thing I do at every conference. 
but I'm hearing God tell some of you, go make your project. And you're internally hearing it in your spirit, and it's kind of scary and kind of exciting. But I'm telling you, there's a, there's a fresh commissioning for 2020. It's not 2019 anymore. It's not 2015 anymore. It's 2020. And I pray over you, those of you who are called to hear this or that you're already hearing this, that you would feel commissioned with your projects, that you would feel commissioned forward, that you wouldn't feel stuck, that you wouldn't feel behind, that you wouldn't feel disqualified, but that you'd feel commissioned right now for your project in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. Go ahead and sit down. Um, I'm going to have the Bethel school ministry team come up. And they're going to help me lead the rest of this time. So come all the way up to the stage if you can. Um, I just keep looking at scriptures. I'm trying to hear God more clearly and for more of you. But I'm, I'm glad there's a team to come help. Hi, guys. Hi. Look what we're doing together. We only have about 30 minutes publicly to do stuff right now, but you guys can keep going privately as it goes. So what we're going to go after is I want you guys to see from a diverse group who some may be more visionary, some might get more words of knowledge for healing, some might hear something that's more corporate. I want to give them a chance to share things that they've been picking up because they came here with Pastor Bill because they want to minister to you, and they want to, they want to give you an experience. And they're growing in their ministry gifts intentionally, and so they're perfectly qualified to hear from as much as any of us who are up here, which is really exciting. So they're going to ask God and see if they have anything for you guys. And it might be individual, it might be corporate, it might be healing. And I want you to just see different viewpoints of how God speaks. Because some of you, ha- how many of you haven't been around this kind of ministry from a platform uh, in person? So there's a good number. How many of you haven't been around it in a while? It's been a while since you've been around it. So it's good to have fresh models in front of you. And they're diverse in race and gender, which is beautiful. So you guys can hear from different people. Um, before they go, I felt like there's, this may make, either this is going to make a lot of sense or it's going to make no sense. I felt like somebody in 2010 was at a crossroads and you took over a crossroads. And I think it's either a church or something. And in 2010, you were appointed as some of the leaders there or something. I don't know if it's from South Africa or Zimbabwe. I don't know. But does that make sense to somebody? Crossroads. Crossroads, you guys over here, Crossroads, it was in 2010, and you started, you were at a Crossroads, and you took over a church, Crossroads, does that make sense to you guys? In 2010, I was at Bethel, and I prophesied over their church building, tell me. And you prophesied over hundreds of people, and we thought you were too tired, but uh, we had opportunity. And you prophesied that God has it all under control, and that the money is there, God's delaying the process, but it's going to happen. And 2013, a friend of ours, brother came from the States, and he built our new building for cash. Jesus. So we will, we will send you the pictures. It's a stunning building, and God is still busy doing things. But we wanted to tell you. It's, I'm so glad. It's awesome. I don't think this is the word of knowledge I was getting, but I'm so glad you shared such an awesome story. And I want to say something to you. I want to say, like, don't go away, just because that wasn't your word. I have a word. 
Um, I'm sorry, because, you know, God, he always, he authored the building because he has a great purpose to have an apostolic hub. And I feel like he's saying, um, he's, gonna, he's about to give you an attraction device in the spirit for the young families to come. And I saw young families who have been waiting, they're spiritually homeless, and they're about to come. And some of them are ready-made leaders. They have businesses. They have things they're doing. And I feel like the Lord's saying this year, 2020, is going to give you a device. And like Bethel has worship. You're going to have something that's your own thing to be a drawing point or a collection device from the Lord that's anointed. And he's already put it in your spirits. You already kind of know some of it. But he's going to give you full implementation strategy this year that will last you the next five years to accumulate the young families. Because in about five years, you're going to break out into quite a quite a new story that's going to be what you've been believing, the greater things you've been believing for. So I feel like you're in this build-up period. Every year is going to get better, and there's even more finances than what was sown into that building. There's more resources that are needed for more projects. Yes. So I bless you in Jesus' Thank name. You. Amen. Bless Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Who wants to go first? I have a on on here, but I, I want to take a risk. Um, does the name Carmen mean anything to anyone here? Carmen, can you stand up? Who's Carmen? Your daughter. Um, a couple of days ago, I got just a word of knowledge, and I got the name Carmen. And I just want to declare life. I just heard the word life over Carmen. Yeah, and I just, I, I just saw like full healing. I don't know what's going on with your daughter, but I just, I just saw healing. Coming on to Carmen, I don't know what's going on in her body, but I just want you to know that she shall live and not die. That God has a plan and a purpose for Carmen. So I bless that and I bless your daughter in Jesus' name. There's a young lady. You have like a jumper. You're dressed in black. Yes, you're right here. Can you stand up, please? What's your name? Jessica? Jessica, um... Jessica, I feel like maybe you're in a season where you're asking God, like, about your destiny, about your calling. And, like, I don't know, like, I feel like you've seen your parents and you've seen people around you step into things. And you're like, but what about me? But what about me? And I just, I had this uh, picture, you know, um, when girls go to, like, etiquette school and they put the book in their head and they're walking. And I feel like, I feel like you just, yeah, like, you're just such a princess to God. And I, I feel like he wants you to know that he loves you so much and that you are special and that he has a unique plan for you. It's different than what people around you have. And I feel like you're in this place of equipping um, for what your destiny is going to come into. And I see the word influence over you. And as you're finding your destiny and you're discovering your destiny, I feel like you're going to have influence over other young girls. And it's like there's this royalty about you that you're going to walk other women. It's like there's cultures going this way and you're going a whole different way. And you're taking just so many in a wave with you. So I just bless that over you. I thank you, God, that you have a plan, a beautiful plan for Jessica. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Do the numbers 714 or 744 mean anything to anyone? 714. Ah. So what do they mean? 
<laughs> Apparently, it means a lot. <laughs> breathe, breathe. I'm worried about you. So I don't know, but it doesn't matter where I turn. I find a number 744 and number plates. I wake up with it. It's an order numbers I receive this week from customers. It's everywhere. Okay, so I woke up this morning and I saw the number 744 on my phone. And I've been seeing that all year long. What's your name? My name's Rian. Rian. I feel like the Lord says that you have a pioneering gift on your life. I feel like you have the strength to, to go places that other people haven't yet been. And I know that sometimes being a pioneer can be hard, but I feel like the Lord says you have strong shoulders, that he can trust you. He can trust you to, bury, to carry a lot of responsibility and weight, and it doesn't have to be heavy for you. And I feel like uh, you're just a really great dad. I feel, like, I feel like you father people around you, and the Lord wants you to know that you're a really great dad and that he sees you and he loves you. Who's that right next to you? It's my wife. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I just feel like the Lord wants you to know that this year is going to be a really sweet year for your marriage. And I feel like God wants to do something in between you that other people can benefit from. I feel like your marriage is going to be like a tree of life that people can come and rest under and receive counsel and wisdom and strength. And so I just want to bless you uh, with the pioneering spirit that you have for the things that God is going to lead you into in this next season of your life. So bless you. Hi, um, you're in the front right here, and you have your hair kind of to the side. You want to stand? What's your name? Kendra. Kendra. Um, I just saw this um, a picture of you. Like, I just feel like you're so on fire. You're so passionate for the Lord. Were you recently like saved? No. no, but I just feel like there's this reigniting in your spirit recently, like actually you're called to really preach the gospel, and I just feel like you're a leader in, in um, just your school and in your group and the people around you, and people really look to you, and God's raising you up in this season. There's just this mighty call of God on your life to step forward, to step out, and to declare the word of God with boldness. There's a, just this spirit of boldness that I feel like is resting on your life and passion, and I feel like the Lord is just going to take you into these places and into these spaces, and you're going to just see people get set free. I feel like there's also just this spirit of deliverance over you, that you, you set people free, you set the captives free. I also see Isaiah 61 over you. The spirit of the Lord God is upon you to proclaim liberty to the captives, liberty to the captives, liberty to the captives, and he's releasing, he's releasing that call, and he's unlocking your voice. This is the year of your voice being released, so I just bless that over you in Jesus' name. I just want you to extend your hands. Lord, I just pray for an exponential blessing over over this woman, God, that you would do abundantly and mighty and great mighty things through her life, through the, those of those people around her, Lord. Lord, I just thank you that you're anointing her in this season, God. Yes, God, we just continue to pour out your blessing, Lord, and just pour out just her ministry to those. Yes, in Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Before you go on, what do you do in life? What's your... Um, at the moment, I'm just busy helping out my aunt, but I want to, I'm a dancer, 
You're a dancer. It, yeah. And I just, I really want to, like, go to best, well, BSSM. I want to do some, I feel like I've got something to do very prophetically in people's yeah. lives. And I, I felt really, it was significant. She has a prophetic calling, obviously, in her life. Yeah. And as she was praying for you, I could just feel like something coming up higher in you to, to be able to really prophesy people's hope and destiny over them. And I felt like I just want to um, have a couple people, and I'm going to have you go down and help her. Um, if you are called to fashion or hair or beauty, I want you to come down. I just saw that. I don't know why. So for her, for you guys, you two are going to be a power team, and you're going to pray together over people in fashion, hair, or beauty. So come down here to the front, and they're going to pray for you guys. Even if you don't have to prophesy, but if something comes, do it. And if your friends want to do it with you, they can as well because they're anointed as well. Um, just come down here and occupy some space. We're going to keep going up here, though. Okay, this is kind of a risk. Is there anyone who's married here and their favorite animal is a panda? <laughs> I can't see. Okay, there's one lady here. Yes, she's running. The hungry shall be fed. Hey, is there more? Just wondering. Okay, and they're in the back. I see you. Yes. What's your name? I'm Caitlin. Caitlin. Um... Is your husband here? Yeah. Can you wave? Yes. Can you please come forward? <sighs> Praise Jesus. Okay. And why I asked him to come forward is uh, I want to release a prophetic word over you guys that me and my husband got. My husband is the one in black. And, whew, okay, you just hold me. <laughs> The prophetic word that we got, we are actually, I'm from the Netherlands and my husband's from Italy, but we go to the school in Reading, obviously, and the word we got is that we are going to be an apostolic prophetic act for South Africa. This is an interracial marriage, and you guys are an interracial marriage. <laughs> this is what God has as a promise for South Africa. The word we got is this is what heaven looks like. There is no division in heaven. Hey, and the panda correlates because the panda is black and white. The panda stands for peace. The panda is not, is anti-racism. Hey, and I want to speak a word over you guys' marriage. Um, the panda lives in, in mountains and you guys have a higher perspective. You carry, through your marriage, you carry a higher perspective, a heaven's perspective over what God wants for South Africa and over your family and over your lineage. A bamboo, uh, sorry, a panda eats bamboo, and a bamboo is so significant, and I think it's very significant for your marriage. It's strong, and I feel like you're going to step into a season because bamboo is under the ground for a period. It's like a waiting period. It's a refining period, and it's been a refining period in your marriage. But when it starts to sprout, it takes 60 days, and it grows very fast, very fast. So I feel like there's an increase, and there's a season over your life that you're going to... It's going to just be very fast. Bamboos is very, very, very strong, and it has a type of strength that it can endure something that is made to crush it. Nothing can crush you guys. 
Your guys' marriage, your, strong, your marriage is strong and will we'll live a long, long, long life. Because after those 60 days, the bamboo doesn't grow anymore. But the promise over the bamboo is that it will live a long life. And I pray that your marriage will live a long life and have a long lineage. And everything you guys are building together will go into your inheritance and into South Africa. I bless you guys. In Jesus' name. Okay, wait, wait. Before we go, you guys stay there too. If you're in an interracial marriage, just stand up. Even if your partner's not here, just stand up if you're in an interracial marriage. And we're going to pray over you. And I want to do two things. If you have judgment that just came from your family towards interracial marriage, I want you to repent of it in your heart right now. You don't have to do anything out loud, just in your heart. If you're like, I just don't think that works. It's not, it's not safe. It's not healthy. If you have any of that still in you, I want you to let God wash over you because it's a, it's a subtle racism that sometimes is in us. It's like, Sometimes people are about to get married, we go, that will never work, or that's going to be way harder. Why are they choosing that? God is aligning people from different races together to look like heaven. So that's just happening, and some of you have been married for a long time. But I want, these, I want you to pray over them and just bless them. So another thing is, and I think that's key for everyone standing right now, pandas are endangered. Hey. And I think the devil has been speaking a lie that this marriage is frowned upon and is in danger, but that's not God's truth. So I speak over you guys that God's truth is this is his vision for his children, for the earth, and especially for South Africa. You guys carry something. You guys represent in a very materialistic way, in a tangible way of God's vision. I want you guys to grab it, and I pray over you guys that you will grab it and run with it with proudness, that God has put you guys together. What God has put together, no man will tear apart. No man will divide. And I pray a blessing over you guys. I pray a blessing over your family and over your lineage and over your inheritance. In Jesus' name, amen. So good. Go for it. All right, this gentleman here in yellow, you have a black beard. Yes, yes, you. Hi, what's your name? Jonathan. 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 Hi, Jonathan. Hello. <laughs> I saw you have a mandate of um, raising the standard, but that's only in, in human eyes because God's standards never change. And I feel you're reminding people around you who set your standards. And I feel like you're going to raise big people. I feel like around you, people are going to be drawn in, um, and you're going you're gonna to have a lot more access. Um, and I, I feel like it's going to just increase. You have access now, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be rapidly... Um, yeah, I really see young men. I see older men. I see women. I see leaders. I see um, just all walks of life, and I see you're going you're gonna to raise big people, not by teaching necessarily, but you're going to instill that value for God's standard, and you're not going to settle for less. There's no compromise, and it's just what you carry. It's just what you carry, and with that, you get to rip off labels that people placed over them. Yeah, bless you. you. You guys, these guys over here are making me wish I worked in hair and fashion. I mean, aren't you a little jealous? Like, I have a little FOMO right now going on. Um, I, when she was speaking over Jonathan, I kept hearing um, St. Ignatius. That's one of my favorite people in the early church. Is there someone whose name is Ignatius and you're married maybe only a couple years? Ignatius, does that make sense to anybody? 
Over here, go, go to the back, let me ask questions. Is your name or your husband? My husband's name. And um, um, are you guys both the same race? No. Okay, good. This is, and uh, I think this is you, just kidding. Um, I just felt like the Lord has put justice in your hearts, and I felt like there's something about not just like people who pray and intercede, but there's something about his work and your work. What do you guys do? I work at the court, and he's a lawyer. <laughs> oh, so this is like super, super justice. Well, I feel like um, there's something of a prototype that God's raising up in your marriage and through you to the people of God. And there's going to be some ideas you get and some sort of message that you bring that's on side of what you work. That you, God's saying, I'm releasing you to be a voice to rally and empower and mobilize people for a cause. And I feel like it, it's not just one cause in your life, but there's something that you're going to work on now that's going to teach you how to synchronize your callings because you are made to not just be married for companionship, which is beautiful, but also to be on assignment and mission with God together. And I saw Ignatius was one of the early church fathers, just very controversial. But the, one of the things that he had more than anyone you read about is this fire of passion, of intimacy with God for justice. And I feel like your husband was well-named because there's a fire in his bones for justice. There's a fire in his bones for right and wrong. And I feel like the Lord's showing me that you're the balancer because you have the compassion that sees things, even if they're wrong, you can see the compassion in the situation. And I feel like the two of you together being married is like one can take a thousand, but two can take 10,000. And your marriage, when you got married, heaven celebrated, like when people get saved, because things are gonna happen through you together that could have never happened alone. And I feel like there's been a, a little attack, and this isn't serious, nobody needs to come and be concerned and ask, are you okay? But there's been a little attack in the context of marriage and stuff. And the Lord is just saying, I'm sending great help and great tools so that you guys will have, uh, the next season will be thriving, not attack. And so bless you, I hope that makes sense. Yes, it does. Thank Good. you. Thank you. Um, who else wants to go? We have a few minutes before we go down. Hi. Um, it's a lady there with, you've got glasses around your neck. You're wearing a white top and you've got blonde hair and you've got gold bangles on. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, as I was scanning and asking the Lord to show me um, what he wanted to say, I saw um, an image of a friend that I have in the UK. Her name's Pippa Goring. And um, she is South African and she married into, um, she married um, Harry, who has a long line of history um, where he owns an estate and is quite wealthy. And I just see a marriage of inheritance coming to you. Wow. Wow, yeah. An inheritance coming to you. Spiritual inheritance. Wow. An upgrade. Like you've been living this a certain way for a long time and God is just bringing you into something powerful, something so unique, something so transcendent. And I also saw a picture of you with your glasses on reading a newspaper and um, you were observing, you were taking the words in, you were looking around and you were, look, you were reflecting and you were writing and I saw um, God 
scratched the writing on the paper and he said, can you rewrite the story for me? Can you rewrite the narrative for me? I see women coming around you and you telling them a new narrative. Wow. That he's using your life right now as a mouthpiece for a new narrative. Wow. And that he uses your eyes, like how you see things. Wow. To transform how others see things. So when you speak, there's power in your voice. There's authority to change someone else's um, point of view. And he's got more people that he's going to bring around you and position so that you can tell them who they are so that they can go and change the world. Wow. There's narratives. I see it all around you. I see you sitting by um, a lake. It's really green, lots of flowers. And I see you painting. And you're taking in great detail. There's something of observation on your life. Like you, you take in everything around you and you just begin to, to reflect and ask the Lord, God, what are you saying? What do you want to do? What, why? Why is this? Why is that? And he has is, he is stewarded that in you for a really long time because of this season of the narrative. Wow. You're going to be able to say, that flower is there because I've, I've witnessed it doing such and such and responding so I just bless you to know that your, your voice is powerful. I bless you to know that, wow, your spiritual inheritance, wow, is coming. You're marrying into this beautiful thing with God. And he's so blessed, wow, by your, wow, by your relationship, wow. He's so in love with you. I just feel the presence of the Lord right now. He is so in love with you, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yes, God. Don't you all want that word? Like that, that was like poetry from heaven. I just love that. I'm like, I received that. I, I just stole your word. It's mine. I'm just kidding. Um, well, these guys and also an alumni team are here. And we're going to do a lot of times at a conference like this, one of the reasons why we come together, we don't just watch CDs later or do we do CDs anymore? Or we don't, whatever. We don't, we don't watch it on live streams because we want to have touch. We want to have personal touch from God. So we're going to set the atmosphere for the next few minutes of just touch from God. They're going to help lead it. They're going to come down and get on the ground with the alumni team. And they're going to pray for different needs. I'm going to let them orchestrate how they're going to do that. But if you've come hungry and you're like, I need to have that encounter that I came for, stay here for a few minutes. Stay here and wait. Let people speak over you. Let people put hands on you. Because this can be one of the most significant times. And it doesn't, I love when it's not the named known people who are doing it. You just saw how awesome just a collective of them have been. And then the collective at alum, alumni are going to be. And don't wait for the person who is the headliner to speak over you. But actually come up and, and get prayer for that healing or that need that you have. Yeah, and so I'm going to give it back over to you guys.